Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of X-Files. We hope that you are doing really well on your healing journey and coping with everything and that the fall is treating you well so far. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, it's fall. (laughs) What a year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we love all of our listeners and we are always, always, always rooting for you completely. We're your little cheerleaders on the side and we want you to succeed and we know that you can. And we're really, really thankful for you being here with us today. Um, I feel like we're coming up on a year, even though we're totally not. Um, but I always want to thank people for, you know, getting this far with us and for all the support. Our audience is so incredible. We're so thankful for you. Yes. So how are you all doing with your breakups? Would you like some extra support or speak one-on-one with us about what you've been going through and what it might look like to work with us? Because besides doing the podcast, we work one-on-one with people to heal their broken heart, to look toward the future, and we would love that to be you. All you have to do is send us a DM. Uh, Instagram is best right now, and we'll be in touch to get you set up with a free consult to discuss options. Awesome. We can also be reached in our Facebook group, Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. Uh, But Claire and I spend more time on Instagram, so you might have a little more luck catching us over there. Yes. Yeah. We we love love, our IGs. Yeah. (laughs) We love hearing from listeners. We love getting podcast episode requests. Yeah. Uh, We love getting questions. We answer them every week in our private Facebook group um, as kind of a live coaching option. But if you need more one-on-one coaching is where it's at. So definitely encourage you to reach out. And, you know, we right now have this great option of, I think, do you do 30 minutes as well? Uh, so I, it depends on the package they're here, they're interested in, but yes, 20 or 30 minutes to answer questions about it. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great way to get a feel yep. for I also what do, working uh, with us is like. Yes, for sure. And if you just want to chat, I do what I call the fireworks session, which is a paid one hour consult to just make an action plan for the next two weeks. Um, It's just, it's a one off that I offer, um, you know, one time per person. And that's an option that I can send you. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So chances are we have something that'll work for you. So get in touch and we'd love to help and be there to support you. So yeah. But today's episode is about something fun. I mean, you've clicked on it, so you know. But do you feel like maybe you can't quite get it right when it comes to selecting someone to go the distance with? This episode is for you. Now, you've probably (laughs) heard someone say they have a broken picker or a bad picker. So, like, 
what does that even mean? Um, today we're going to get into it and we're going to talk about where it could possibly be coming from because awareness is a big foundation for change. Um, yeah. If you're saying you have a broken picker, I would say um, that's at least, that's a good start. That's a great start. <laughs> yeah. You're aware that um, your choices actually impact your relationship success. Wow. Yeah. What a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think it's really, really good. I'm excited to talk about it today. So some people choose people who might not be a good fit out of like inexperience or ignorance. Like, I think this is typical for like the first few relationships um, where you're just like so excited that someone likes you and you're not thinking like critically about like, okay, are our future plans in line with each other? Do we even know what our future plans are? Especially when you're Mm -hmm. really young, Um, you're figuring out what you like, what you actually want for your life. Um, That is not what society is just telling you to do. Um, And so you can end up dating people who might not be a good fit for you out of ignorance or inexperience. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about today. Mm. Today, we're talking about people who choose the wrong person again and again, and each time feels like deja vu. Yeah. Um, Like, for example, this could be only dating the emotionally unavailable person or, you know, uh, people who like date people that you know, all their friends are like, obviously this isn't a good fit or they don't want to date the person who is a good fit. Mm. And instead they're like, no, we're just friends. There isn't that spark. Um, so we've talked a lot about the spark. So yeah, but maybe it's almost time to do an episode on the spark. (laughs) I think so. Because it has come up quite, quite repeatedly. Um, something else that I hear from a lot of people um and also that I've done is that you might date someone or um over and over again who doesn't show like kind of toxic behaviors until you know several months in and that's you know a pattern that um a lot of people find themselves in I think a lot of women feel like they find themselves in yeah and just like why does this keep quote happening to me why do I keep doing this yeah, he mm-hmm. like somehow was just like a totally different person when we first right. started dating. And now yes. that, you know, I, I think I heard somewhere that someone can't like pretend to be someone else or something they're not for more than three months. Oh, um, okay. And that's that makes kind sense. of like where you start seeing true colors and things like that. So if you find yourself in that situation again and again, where you're like, Oh my God, three to four months mm-hmm. in, they just yeah. like turn into a not cool person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. This could be what's happening to you. And you're like, how would I know? But we're going to get into it. So how do you know if you have a broken picker? You might feel like the same issues always come up. Yep. Mm-hmm. You feel like you date the same person, just a different name. I've heard of this. You gravitate towards certain people, even though they don't fit with the type of relationship you want, or you say you want, Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's a matter your actions got to line up um, with what you say. So Claire, do you have any personal experience with having a broken picker? Yeah. Um, I've typically been pretty good about dating people who aren't just in my type. Um, Mm -hmm. however, 
Uh, I definitely, you know, a couple years ago when I was like kind of on the dating scene as like a grown up for the first time, <laughs> um, uh, I was like seeking out what I thought was my type, which was the people that I thought were hot. And it was generally um, like men in uh, masculine sort of positions with masculine sort of pursuits like men in uniform (laughs) adventurous people um and what I found is that um our ideologies typically never matched and so I think that they were super hot but like we literally had nothing in Mm -hmm. common but maybe Um, I mean some chemistry perhaps yeah definitely some chemistry um there however you know I was like purposely kind of being like this so it's not exactly a broken picker um it was more like what I find hot on a poster might not be hot for me in a relationship (laughs) (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. in like the idea of someone was better than the reality um and so you know that was like an example that's like pretty conscious Mm -hmm. um and so then I was like okay you need to stop just finding guys who are fitting this like outward description Mm -hmm. and start you know going outside of that and so yeah um what about you yeah I definitely feel like my problem in quotes when it comes to relationships (laughs) has been my picker for sure Uh I feel like I'm good at communicating I feel like I'm good in relationships but that I do as many listeners will know in the past moved very very quickly and Mm. I know I had probably three or four times in a row when I was living in Australia, where I actually got into exclusive relationships with men rather quickly. And then to see it kind of fall apart because um, of pretty much the same reason, getting annoyed at them being quite overbearing, um, kind of losing some of the excitement after, you know, month three or so and just kind of having them uh, fall apart where in the beginning it just seemed like yes this is great everything is wonderful this is you know it Um, and then realizing that I should have been paying a lot more attention and being a lot more intentional and slow everyone listen to my slow down episode please I'll link it in the show notes it's cool to go slow Mm. yes and we're not talking like oh you need to like not sleep with anyone until the third date like we're talking (laughs) emotionally slow yourself down Mm -hmm. don't get attached like Mm -hmm. so quickly i'm be like i I would say putting off sex if you think that it might be relationship worthy uh, it could be prudent and fyi everyone we also work with people on you know dating early days stuff yeah so having someone to talk to and then along those lines um i did have always my friends when I was going through this uh, in Australia everyone was always like what are you doing like (laughs) no um so yeah um, yes I I don't know I think I'd probably have a lot more luck uh these days but I would I definitely got to a point with my last relationship where I thought 
it is about my selection. That is the yeah. problem. Yes. Yeah. So I've been looking forward to this episode. I mean, the more the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, actually, because it's it, for me, it's not just like what someone looks like and what they do. It's it's also like a lot about how they market themselves, which is typically not going to be someone <laughs> someone who's really good at like talking themselves up and making them seem amazing mm-hmm. is probably not going to be like as successful a relationship for me long term. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I'm like, wow, you are amazing. Like, wow, this is so cool, you know. Um, especially, you know, um, especially like the semi, well, the toxic relationship that I reference where, um, you know, he went kind of stalker in the end. Um, that one in particular, he was a very good talker, um, like extremely good talker. And it was like over time that I'm like, oh, you're just full of shit. Mm -hmm. Like, all the time um yeah, do you repeatedly date people who are full of shit yeah <laughs> you might want to look at your picker yes so yeah so yeah I guess I I do like I tend to be kind of on the naive side and mm. be like mm-hmm. people I take people at face value and you know that's really nice for them um but people yeah. can take advantage of that yeah um so that kind of sucks but yeah, broken picker. Maybe I do have a broken picker. So, well, but I'm like know. pretty aware I'm of it now. now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty aware of it now. And I'm like, yo, if someone's like seems too good to be true, they probably are. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I, I would definitely move uh, a lot, a lot slower. I was very yeah. sad when my last uh, relationship ended because I could see everything that I did that kind of caused it to move too fast and for me to ignore things. Yeah. Um, so, and that it really, really stuck with me too, that, yeah. um, you know, I need to take a break from dating and I need to figure this out because you're doing the same thing over and over. Um, so I, I think that I would be, uh, a lot more a lot yeah. more selective maybe that was your breaking mm-hmm. point and you're like oh yeah that's it I'm done yes. I'm done with that yes. <laughs> so yes um so there's some things that can create our picker um so number one what we saw growing up our childhood yo it, yeah. it just affects us endlessly um so this could be you know what your parents' relationship looked like. It also could be what your parents seemed to admire in others. Like we're very impressionable um, when we're young. And so, you know, the things that are pointed out to us as this is good and this is bad, those sort of things do like tend to stick with us and we might not remember exactly where it came from. It's just kind of always been there and you never know what sort of like offhand comments or unexplained, like not explained to you situation that left an impression that is now informing what you think relationships should look like um, from your childhood. So yeah. Um, Another impactful 
thing on your picker could be your experience dating, especially Mm -hmm. that first love and really impactful experiences that can really, it can change how you pick people for better or for worse. So like what Janice was saying is this last relationship that ended, it was very impactful. And we're hoping that that means that (laughs) the cycle is coming to a close. So that's like a really positive you know, a positive Mm -hmm. impact. Um, but it can go the other way too. If you have a really traumatizing time with someone, um, that can really change how you perceive the world and how you date and how you choose people. Yeah. Yeah. That's Uh, why I've waited so long as I I was just like, this is causing me so much stress and agony. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kind of give myself like an emotional break for a little bit instead of Mm -hmm. just continuing to layer experience on experience. Yeah. And just because people want to date me doesn't mean that I, that I have to. That I have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually very empowering for me to say that I'm going to stop, you know, despite Uh, I love that. Yeah. You're like, of course, people love me. (laughs) Of course, people want to date me. I'm just not ready right now. It's not exactly what I said, but no, kind of. (laughs) But that's what I'm telling you. Of course, people want to date you. (laughs) You're amazing. So, um, okay. And then another thing that can impact this is trauma, like big T, little T. Everyone experiences some of it. It's not necessarily just the really awful things like we hear about war or abuse. Life can just be traumatizing and it's not a competition just because you're like, well, what I've experienced isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Like it still is traumatizing and um, anything you've experienced that has like given you like if you feel like you have trauma that is authentic and that is worthy of you taking time and being um giving yourself grace um Mm -hmm. even if it's like well you know this other person went through something way worse you know like yeah it's not a competition no I always Um, like to say we're not playing the oppression olympics here you know your experience is valid and that's it. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, whatever you have experienced that has left that that trauma with you um, can be affecting your picker. And yeah. so any way that you can move through that and process it and come to terms with it and gain awareness of it, all of those things is going to help you down the line, regardless of where it stands on the you know the spectrum of suffering the spectrum of (laughs) suffering um that's a great movie title or or album title paperback (laughs) just like a emo screamo like band (laughs) no one Um, steal it (laughs) no one steal it we now it's recorded so we're gonna get credit for it that's right Um, that's right yeah so but we are we are open to anyone purchasing that title um (laughs) just uh dm us anyway so another thing that can tell like inform our picker is society and pop culture the things the people we look up to the storylines that really made an impact on our hearts Mm -hmm. I uh vampire diaries basically screwed us all up like (laughs) go on Um, I wasn't into it 
yeah uh i mean i watched it like 10 years after it premiered as i do with like everything um so i wasn't too young when i was watching it but like the whole like i mean there just wasn't like a good love interest that won you know mm-hmm. i mean like there was matt he was like a pretty stable guy but of course no one wanted to date matt they wanted to date um what was it uh the the uh damon um, he was like the really bad vampire who just like killed people willy nilly, mm-hmm. and then the the quote good choice, his brother Stefan. Oh God, yeah. Um, he was trying really good to be. He was trying really hard to be good, and like eating deer blood instead of human blood uh-huh. because he turns into a fucking like mass murderer if he tastes human blood like that's not a good message either no (laughs) anyway you know it's kind of like one of those things like oh he's so great unless he drinks like a drop of alcohol and then he turns into a super abusive like blackout drunk Mm -hmm. that was the message you know and so it's like glamorizing that Mm. um and i like i just wrote down vampire diaries but i think we could think about like pretty much any tv show is going to have really um toxic examples of what love is i mean you could even think like new girl have you watched new girl not in a long time okay i have watched it yeah so mm-hmm. like i mean cc and and schmidt yeah cc okay. and schmidt mm-hmm. and they're like oh my god it was so cool they like ended up together and everything and they are great characters and like on the spectrum of things they weren't like that bad but still schmidt like acted like an asshole like most of the time because he had such like bad insecurities oh god um and cc like would like toxically hook up with people who were not like the right person for her um and there was trying to this like glamorization of them ending up together and i guess well i don't know maybe i'll cut that part out but because i haven't really worked it through in my head but (laughs) okay but i do agree i don't know as far as the bad picker goes i can't think of an example but i do think yeah pop culture doesn't have good examples of relationships mostly being that they it portrays because they're shows and so they have to build tension there's a lot of will they or won't they and going Mm -hmm. back and forth on and on on and off again in um in pop culture i mean friends being you know the most classic and obvious example you know they ended up together in the end but people know you do not have to go back and forth with someone for eight years yeah and torture yourself um (sighs) big bang theory as well um you know portrayed a couple who went on and off on and off and then ended up together no twilight um (laughs) yeah Uh, i will refer to our uh twilight happy hour episode if you want to hear what we really think about it yeah (laughs) all right i mean yeah so anyway and another thing that just occurred to me as far as what determines your picker a lot of it goes back to self-esteem and what you think you deserve and a lot especially women get really caught up with you know um dating people who give them a lot of attention in the beginning because of yeah their self their self-worth so I wanted to make sure to mention that so 
do you think that you have a bad picker? How do you change it? I know that this is something that people have control over and that you can change. So we've got a lot of insight into how to do this. Mm -hmm. So if you are willing to give this a bit of attention, you can, and this is how Mm -hmm. you do it. First of all, don't blame having a bad picker for your problems and for being in unhappy relationships. Take responsibility for your role in selecting people. All right. Your picker doesn't have control over you. All right. This is not an excuse to continually put yourself in bad situations and select people to date who you're not compatible with and who don't treat you right. All right. It's all on you. Um, I think that we're becoming quite passive in our (laughs) society with saying that this is just how I am. And so therefore this is what I do. And you know what, you actually have a lot more control than you might be giving yourself credit for. Yeah, exactly. Like we're, you know, it, this happens a lot with attachment styles. It's just uh-huh, like, I was gonna say you that, are but- not just this way. Like this oh. is only one box you've put yourself into and you get to change it whenever you want to. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. People are just excusing doing such horrible things to themselves because of their attachment style. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it's meant to be for. Yeah. It's meant to you know, it's meant to be information that gives you power, not excuses and not excuses to, or not excuses to let someone else's bad behavior go either. They're just avoidant. That's just how they are. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about that, definitely get in touch with me because we'll talk about all of that. And also, um, you know, when you're, when you're going through a breakup, you're going to be more on the anxious style, like obviously, because yeah. you're like heartbroken. Um, and that's mm-hmm. actually not what, you know, the situation in your life is not how you determine your attachment style. Yes, You actually determine it based on your baseline, how you are when things aren't going wrong. Yes. So yeah. very yeah. good point. And even mm-hmm. if you consider yourself to be anxiously attached, you can still uh, yeah. modify how you show up. Yeah. Yeah. So So anyway, take responsibility. All right. Next, get curious. Does this pattern remind you of anyone, you know, what is it that you look for in someone and what need do these qualities meet that perhaps your child self never got? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like the attention thing. Yeah. 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 So um, I always kind of glamorize romance growing up and, Same. um, you know, we weren't really, we weren't allowed to date or be serious with people. And so anytime it, you know, I did, um, it would kind of be done rather secretly, um, which isn't really the best way to learn about relationships. Yeah. And then, so when I was going to BYU, Previous to going to college, I had also always had, you know, suitors in high school and whatnot. But when I was at BYU, seriously, no one liked me. (laughs) No. It it was crazy. Like, I didn't get us out. And obviously, it was, you know, because I was struggling with my faith. And there, it's, you know, it's kind of like the more religious you can be, the more attention you'll yeah. get. Yeah. I've it's heard quite it's obvious. like the freshman proposals and yes, stuff there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
So and, maybe that was a good thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but it ingrained in me like this, um, you know, kind of desire for attention and desire yeah. to be sought after, you yeah. know, being around, you know, all of my, you know, flatmates would get asked out quite regularly. And so after that, I felt like I kind of craved um, more attention for yeah, sure. And so I was tie formative experience. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I tie a lot of my future patterns back to to that experience for sure. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that could be like bullying. It could be just yeah. not getting asked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember in high school, I was, I always wanted to like be asked out and I did not get asked out mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. I think my first boyfriend actually went to a different high school and like, mm-hmm. it was a blind date, like, and it just kind of flowed from there. So yeah, I I can kind of relate to that where it's like yeah, no one picked me in high mm-hmm. in high school for me. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, especially considering like the rest of my dating and romantic history, it was definitely like this weird <laughs> like outlier. Yeah, you're like, what is with that college? A little. <laughs> yeah, it, it it didn't didn't do me any favors. Uh, yeah. Was not the best for my self esteem. So. Another way that you can change this is another theme that's been running through our episodes is intentionally trying to date someone or people who aren't your type. I love it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's just that. And I'd say just try it, you know, especially if you are on the apps and someone seems cool and has, you know, might tick some other boxes just, um, you know, give it a go, see what you think. I mean, you can't just keep on doing the same thing over and over and expecting, you know, different results as they like to say. It's very yeah. Um, so this is a good one. Consume content from people whose relationships mirror what you want. Do some research here, you know, make this an experiment, make this something that you're going to learn about. Mm -hmm. This helps you reprogram your subconscious. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just even having like that awareness when you see a relationship that you don't want being telling yourself in your head or out loud, I don't want that. And just bringing awareness to the fact that it's like, not that, not that, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. as you go through the world. But yeah, consciously seeking out and consuming content from people who you admire people who you want their lives um this also i would suggest don't take advice from people who don't have the life that you want or who have never achieved the things that you want so like if you're listening to your friend who definitely has a bad picker and she's like oh no he's boring you know like yeah everyone and like be really selective with who you talk about these types of things with and you know what exactly you focus on because subconsciously you can really take some of this stuff on that's really um, unhealthy and and toxic you know you don't have to talk about your relationships and your dating life with everyone you you know there's lots of other things that you can do with your friends and you know you might have a great friend who has really toxic relationship patterns they're still a great friend but maybe Yeah. yeah do other things with them yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this a little bit with Trey Anthony, where she's oh, like, yes. yeah, she was saying, you know, um, people give advice from where they're standing in life, you know, so like one friend 
could be like, you know, it's really hard to find someone who's good and, you know, need to stick it out and, you know, make it work with this person that you feel like maybe it's not working with. And another friend is like, no, single life for life, like Mm -hmm. break up with his ass, like get out there. You know, I'm like, you saw what happened with me and this person, you know, and both of those were the correct advice for those people, but they're not the right advice for you. And I think that's why like coaching and therapy and like self-exploration journaling are so good because it's tuning into what is right for you. And it might not be something that's right for person A, B, or C, but if you can get in touch with what is right for you, as long as it's, you know, um, like some qualifiers on that. Like, I don't think anyone should be in an abusive relationship. Right. Even well, if you and, love it, you know, like you can be encouraged to even stay in those types of situations. Exactly. It happened, it happened to me. Yeah. And where I they're think- like, well, he's never hit you. And it's like, well, okay. Um, that shouldn't be the bar. Like, Mm -hmm. or he seems this like so many, so many things. Yeah. Um, or I, I love, Oh, but you guys seem so happy or you you just Mm -hmm. go together. Um, yes. Uh, so I think just slowing down and just letting yourself think things through rather than going to someone else with for everything can be really beneficial. And it's also something that can be very uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you learn to listen to what your intuition is telling you, you will be able to make better choices on your own. I used to be the type of person when anything happened, seriously, I would immediately call someone, cry to them, ask for their input. What should I do? It, you know, and since moving back to the States, I realized that, you know, shit hit the fan here and there. And I had the impulse, like, who am I going to call? Who can I reach out to? And just deciding no, deal with this on your own, it really helps you to make much, much, much better decisions Yeah. rather than grappling with what one person says versus what you kind of feel. Yeah. And then especially if you're, you know, kind of on the people pleasing spectrum, then you're like, well, what will this friend say if I don't take her advice? And then you have so much more to think about. And yeah, Mm -hmm. because I was that person too. I'm like, well, they told me to do this. And now it's like, I feel like I need to actually not do what they said. But Mm -hmm. now they're going to be like, well, why the fuck did I give you that advice anyway? You know? (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. Just definitely learn how to do some of this, do these things on your own. I think if you're going to date someone new, don't tell everyone until you're several dates in. I think one person needs to know where you are for safety purposes and that's all. So, but you know, we can talk more about that on another episode. All right. Another way to improve your pickup is seek someone who will compliment you, not complete you. Please, please, please don't go out there because you fill a void in your life and you think that the one thing missing is your soulmate. That is just not a good foundation for a relationship. We've said it time and again, but it's something that I think is really, really true. And it's definitely going to help you because you're select someone who also wants to compliment you and not complete you and it wants you to compliment them not complete them it's a it's a great way to start out yes fortunately a lot of people out there think that it's going to you know dating is going to help solve solve you know the void solve the loneliness and it doesn't it just creates more problems yeah and like um 
one of the things for this that I think people struggle with is that they're, you know, they're waiting for their partner to come along in order to like do the farmer's market or go travel Europe or, you know, go on like a horseback riding trip or something, you know, they're waiting for someone to go with. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we're going to talk about, and by the time this comes out, we'll either have done it or it'll be coming up soon. It's going to be solo travel. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is solo travel, especially as a woman, like there's just a few extra things to think about for safety. Mm -hmm. And so we're actually going to have a guest on to talk about that. You don't have Mm -hmm. to wait for a partner. And in fact, if you're already doing the things you want to do with a partner, you're going to attract and you're going to be attractive to someone who wants to do the same shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's just, it's true. And, you know, I wish people would believe us when we say it. Yeah. And And it's it's hard. It's uncomfortable, but it is. Yes. And it means that you have to go slow and it means that you might be alone for longer than you want. Yeah. But, you know, if you're looking for actual like long-term relationships and like I also said in the slow down episode, if you're looking for someone to complete you, you go too fast because yeah. as soon as you're attracted to someone, it's like, woo, you know, <laughs> the one. Yes. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're sitting there thinking, what was I thinking? <laughs> what know? was I thinking? And, uh, you know, everyone, it's not always, but, you know, these are what the rules not the exception if your family has unhealthy relationships and you think that that has perhaps affected your picker Mm -hmm. it can help to just make yourself hyper aware that you don't want what they have um even having a little mantra like i will make healthier choices or i find it unattractive when fill in the blank and just repeat those to yourself when you are around those relationships that you can't avoid and they're just there they're part of your you know landscape of your life yeah um yes yeah and I I think a lot of people blame so much on their you know family of origin and it explains a lot but just as with attachment style just as with having a broken picker these things don't dictate what you what you do and once you know once you realize what they are I do definitely think you can you can get out of these cycles Yes. Yes. This is all possible for you too. Um, (laughs) So uh, next up, don't fall for the project or someone you feel like you can rescue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm the worst about this. I like helping people. I wonder why I'm Mm -hmm. in this line of work. Um, And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, but like they need help. Um, And yeah, just I, really it, be aware of that. What were you going to say? Well, just that it's good to help people, but it's never good when you sacrifice yourself or when you put them first. Yeah. It ju- it's just not, I, I really, really believe. And also it's just the cliche that everyone loves to use is the oxygen mask. If you're yeah. constantly putting on someone else's o- oxygen mask before your own, it, you're not going to be there for yourself or others. Yeah. Or stop getting on planes that go fucking down. Like there you go. You know, that too. That like too. maybe mm-hmm. be like, you know, this has happened like three times in a row where yeah. the plane starts going down and everyone's 
oxygen masks are popping down from the ceiling. Maybe don't get on that plane. Maybe take a train. Mm-hmm. No oxygen masks on a train needed. Um, you know, so yeah, just make make different choices and be aware of perhaps like, you know, this this does come with experience. Like, I don't want anyone to be like, oh, I've done this three times. So now like it's a pattern and I'm just like doomed to repeat it. Oh yeah, girl, no. I've done it more than three <laughs> times. You know, I totally get it. There yeah. is a non-judgment zone for yeah, sure. Exactly. And just be gentle with yourself and that awareness that's coming is going to help you make different choices. Um, But yeah, be aware that, you know, when someone starts talking about how you're like the only thing in their life that's going right or... <laughs> you know they start saying that they love you and things like they that like a little felt too this early. way they've yeah. never felt this way before mm-hmm. those are all kind of mm, yeah like or just going like you're gonna uh, I think talk about but just going overboard on the compliments so early yeah. on love yes and you know what people lines are lines and they might be good lines but that doesn't mean yeah. that you know when someone tells you they haven't felt like this in ages yeah. It's, you know, a good thing to say, but mm-hmm. you know, it shouldn't determine you yeah. know, the choices and if you decide to move forward or not. Yeah. I it love what you said. It might make you feel the feels, but Yeah. On. I love what you said about lines are lines. Um, yeah. Like I definitely, um, I've experienced that and I actually, cause I, I kind of like write a little on the side. I started like a notes a note section on my phone writing down like the lines he was using and I was like oh these are so romantic I need Uh to find it I need to see if I still have it I might have deleted it out of spite at the time but I should have saved it you Um, could probably remember some of them if you thought about some of them they were really good yeah Um, yeah. (laughs) you know and I was like oh these are so good I'm gonna use these in my writing like wow like isn't this so romantic and I'm like Maybe that was a red flag. Like if they're well, so good that you're writing that shit down regularly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it's early on, I yeah. would say that it could be a red flag. Yeah. Um, but oh, then totally. also just to remind yourselves that, you know, you use lines when you're courting someone. It, yeah, it you might use not lines be a red too. flag. We all use lines. Yeah, uh-huh. If you kind of... said it, someone's probably said it before. Yeah. But no and you probably not like the you first did. one. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you are unique but (laughs) we're also repeating a lot of shit. So anyway, um, next up, watch for actions, not words. I mean, that kind of builds off of what we were saying is, you know, someone's actions speak louder than words and they may really truly mean the words in the moment, but when it came down to making a choice on how they act and what Mm -hmm. they do, that's what matters. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've been through this with my family recently and it's just like your none of your actions are matching, you know, like the couple of words that you say and the, what you are actually deciding to do, you know, is really hurtful. And, you know, and again, it's a decision of where you are going to decide to continue to show up in the relationship. And I would say, yeah, actions for sure, for sure, for sure. It's really hard. I mean, it's easy to say anything. <laughs> yeah, You know, it takes a lot more effort to actually do things. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Okay. And then watch out for anyone who 
isolates you, love bombs you or any other toxic red flag. And so like isolating, you're like, oh, shouldn't that be obvious? Like that's super obvious, but it can start out as like, oh, your friend, like your friend's kind of mean to you, like Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Or Um, I want to spend time with you. I want to talk to you. I miss you. It can start out being really romantic. Yeah, for sure. And as soon as, as soon as you see a red flag, you don't have to continue. Stop it. Put on the brakes, get out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if someone doesn't think that that was a red flag and they're like, what are you talking about? That wasn't a red, like, like, why are you breaking up with me over something Mm -hmm. like that? And it's like, (laughs) "Mm." doesn't matter. Maybe this is a learning lesson for them. If they weren't actually in fact toxic and they were showing a toxic trait, like, Mm -hmm. wow, they should really learn from that and not do that again. So yeah. Um, I think if you feel like you've had a broken picker in the past, then as intentional as you want to be moving forward, it is still possible that in the early days you could continue to, you know, call in or attract and do the same things. Yeah. And it's a matter of just putting on the brakes as soon as you see it and, and getting out if you want yeah. to turn this around. Yeah, actually, I'd, I'd argue that it's definitely at first you're going to see the same thing because it's almost like the universe is saying, like, did you learn your lesson yet? Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. you have to be like, yes, yes, I did. Uh-huh. And then the universe is like, OK, we'll give you something different then. But we, we just had to, like, double check, make sure you were there, make sure you got <laughs> definitely, it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Dating yeah. is about practice as well. Exactly. And this yeah. is, especially if you have ongoing, you know, years of doing the same thing. Yeah. Probably take a little, little practice to get out of it, which is yeah. totally fine. Yeah. And most important of all, my final point, improve your own self-worth. This is about getting into your subconscious and rewiring those unconscious beliefs that you have that you hold there about what you deserve. This is obviously not something you can do in one sitting. And this is where coaching can contribute greatly because, you know, listening to a podcast is starting that process, but it's not something that listening to podcasts alone is going to do for you. Like this is about making sure your environment is supporting the new belief system that you want and your self-worth that you're doing the journaling that you're, you know, doing affirmations and possibly diving into other modalities like adult chair, hypnosis, meditation, and more. It's about getting in there because consciously I'm this way too. Consciously, I'm like, I'm fucking awesome. Like, of course I have high self-worth. And we've talked about this before in other episodes. I still, my default programming is that I have really self-worth, but everyone else deserves, like, like I have to come second to everyone else. Like Mm, everyone else's needs come before mine Mm. because I I am strong and I am awesome and I can do that. Um, so it's like a really weird, like flip there that I have to be aware of where I'm like, Oh, look, you're putting someone else before you again. Like, it sounds like almost like a super woman complex. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. kind of savior ish. Yeah. It's a super woman complex. Like I'm like, yeah, I deserve, I got this. I can handle it. I deserve the best. Hmm. And yet like everyone else deserves really good too. And so I'm going to be robbing them of something if I leave or cut this short for my own needs, you Mm -hmm. know? 
Yeah. Right. So you got to practice like, saying no, girl. I got to practice saying no. So still working on that one, but I'm very aware of it, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. Awareness. Yeah. The fact that you're able to even say all of this says a lot about, you know, your desire <laughs> to change your own patterns yeah. and your ability to self-reflect. And that's, yeah, incredible. exactly. Cause for the longest time I was like, I don't know, like, you know, I did, like that doesn't apply to me. I have great self-worth. Mm. Like, mm. You yeah, know, yeah, like same. I know what I, I deserve. Yeah, but I feel like I'm very confident as well. And but then when it comes to you know continuing this pattern, I would think, um, well, you know, I deserve to be swept off my feet rather than mm. <laughs> you know, considering that I also deserve to have a meaningful relationship with a you stable, know, long term, yes, right, healthy mm. relationship, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, and all of these things, you know, do become easier when you have support and like, obviously we're super biased. We are coaching, we are coaches, we are offering these services. So, you know, like use them. Yes. You know, I think like, one thing that's really cool about, um, our type of coaching is that we first often work with people to look back at their relationship heal from it and then you know slowly start getting out there again and so we can really pinpoint you know oh yeah. I thought you said you didn't want that or yeah okay, let's be exactly. intentional you know what are you looking for yeah. how are you going to do things different from what you know you told me last month yeah <laughs> I love it yeah you know where to and find us yeah it can just help you manifest like and not just like the woo-woo manifest but mm-hmm. like you know that too, girl. Yeah, that too, for <laughs> sure. Um, but also, you know, make sure you're choosing things that actually support what you really want and not just yes, yes. like a child need. Yep. From and inside. are your actions lining up with your words? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. So that was amazing. Do you have anything to close with? Um, I just want to reiterate that I think that it's entirely possible to change this. So um, before we go on to break up ballads, you know, we'd love to know what you thought. If you thought we had good insights, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts, screenshot it to me in a DM, (laughs) and we will be in touch with a special thank you in the mail. So, and with that, we've got another edition of breakup ballads, toxic or empowering. Do, do, do. Glitter has been looking forward to doing this one, which is a gorgeous song. Um, So before we begin, do you want to say anything about why it was important to you to do this song? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So we, um, we've talked about the messy path before, Mm -hmm. and this song was actually on a messy path episode and we were in the Facebook group one day and Basically, our Facebook group started raving about <laughs> one of the songs that was featured on the Messy Path mm-hmm. episode. And, um, you know, like one comment was like, hey, I usually have trouble like expressing my feelings and letting them out. And this song and this album just opened those floodgates for me and was just like a huge relief. Like if anyone else needs that like here it is she just dropped it in um on the wall and the comments afterwards I'm like oh my god I need to listen to the song because I hadn't actually at the Mm -hmm. time oh it's so good so anyway 
very heartfelt, very (laughs) heartfelt. Um, and like our, our group has really enjoyed it too. So I'm like, more people need to know about this because it's clearly very impactful. And so we're now including it on an episode. Um, so thank you, Whitney and Ariel for like having this out there. Yeah, that was a great episode. So we're talking about Messy Path podcast. And a few weeks back, they did an entire podcast just um, episode just talking about songs that have impacted their life. I thought it was yes. a great idea. Yes. So, check so out. here we go. Um, this is release or let me double check if it's just release. It's, it's release. Yeah, it's just release. Okay. Um, yeah. So release by Grace Potter. Um okay i know i caused (laughs) i know i caused this pain i know you can't let me go crying in the midnight rain waiting on a miracle so definitely like i said heartfelt and just the feeling of i guess a little bit of regret when it comes to knowing that you have to end things and, you know, there's nothing that you can do to make it easier for either of you. Yeah. 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 This song is, is definitely from the perspective of the person ending things yeah. um, and seeing how much pain they're causing, um, you know, someone that they love or loved, they just know they can't be with them. Um, I like the perspective though, because I think people sometimes stay in things because they're worried about the impact that it's yeah. going to make to end them. And it doesn't mean that you need to continue on because you're just going to probably prolong it. Yeah, exactly. So um, the next verse, even if I'm in your arms, even if you touch my skin, I could never change my heart after being where it's been. Oh, uh, I love it. I love the awareness here. Yeah. I'm kind of a person who likes to just avoid the inevitable and avoid facing the reality of yeah. you know, relationships having gone sour. And I, so I, I think it's really cool that yeah. she's just, just saying this, this is just how it is. And yeah. I can't, can't deny it. And, and saying like, even if she stayed physically, her heart isn't in it anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, like you've probably experienced this once you have a realization, like you just can't go back to who you were before the realization. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of like cutting it off there, but, um, do you want to, do all of the chorus um i got it i release you though it's hard to say the words and i release you from holding on to the bridge i burned i release you from the darkness from the love that we swore was true i hope that someday the sun will shine again and you'll release me too Oh my god. Oh my god. I literally have chills right now. (laughs) Oh it is very, very sad. It's hauntingly sad. It it really, really is. And it's beautifully sung too. Everyone go and listen. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, and what we're all constantly telling our community and saying on this show is breakups are very sad and they're a part of life. And the sadness will eventually end as well. Mm-hmm. And that feeling this way is a part of the process. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, you can tell she really wants the best for this person, even though in the short term, she's really hurting them. Um, in the long term, like the sun will shine again and they'll be able to move on. And, you know, it's, um, even though it's hard to do, it's hard to say the words, holding on to a bridge that's burnt. Yeah. Like that's not fair either. There's no, Mm -hmm. you know, the bridge is gone. Um, you know, and that just causes a lot more pain. And so I just think it's really good. I also like it from like an affirmation perspective because there's the repetition of I release you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really powerful to like have repeating in your in yeah. your mind. Um, right. yeah, yeah, and conditioning you to be like, I release you, I release you, I release you. Mm-hmm. Release you, release the relationship as hard as it is yeah so do you I think this is a beautiful breakup song do you find it toxic or empowering empowering it's wonderfully empowering yeah I I I appreciate the fact that they're really addressing you know the real issues and also that she has you know complete control over the situation yeah yes I like it you don't have to hate someone to break up with them you don't no, have to be like yeah. you're a horrible person, right? In order you don't to have be to like, stay you know what, this isn't lives. working. Yeah, right. Yes, if it's not working, as painful as it is, you can part ways, um, but maybe not with, um, yeah, the hate and the drama that some yeah. other songs portray. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I love it. Yep. Very empowering. Go listen to it. The whole album is actually really, really great. I love it. There's some really good other songs in there. Um, oh my God. I think there's one called Scream It Out that I really like as well. Oh, I'm going to put it on after we're done. Okay. So good. Oh my God. It covers breakups as well. So, um, yes, love it. Love the album. And, we love you guys and we absolutely do. <laughs> we're pulling for you. We want you to be healing and going into a much brighter future and we know it's possible for you. So all right. We'll see you next time. Good luck, everyone. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to X Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, Tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lofthouse. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. And here's a preview of our next episode. I am of the mind that if you are involved in a high conflict relationship, or even if you just can't get over your ex, less contact is better for everyone. How good is it for your kids to be involved in some crazy conflict? It's not. So if what you need is less contact for you to be happy and for your ex to be happy and for this to function in a more healthy way, then that's going to be great for your kids. And I also, I used to also do that and say, well, He really needs to know X, Y, and Z right now because, but it was my way of keeping him. It was my way of, you know, because even when I got divorced, I wasn't really ready to let him go yet. 
in a lot of cases, that ends up being the underlying reason that you feel like you need that contact.